Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You know, a couple months ago, we set up shop at patreon.com slash it's the real. We decided that for as much as we do on our own, it would go way further if we had the help of you guys out there and you guys have responded in kind and it is so kind. Thank you very much. Shout out to everybody who has pitched in for $2 a month or $3 a month, all the way up to $10, a month. Shout out to all you guys who believe in the future that we are building here. And we had these grand visions in this pre-COVID world of how we would deliver some gifts back to you guys. Yeah. And none of them make sense anymore. But yeah, because we wanted to like invite people over to the house. We wanted to have them experience, you know, an interview with Jim Jones or Cameron or or Bun B or Freeway or whoever. Can't do that now. Not happening right now. No. We, we wanted to do things. I mean, like, we, maybe we could have people stand in like the alleyway and sort of look in the window. We, we could do that. We could do that. Listen, no bad ideas anymore, right? Yeah, we're just throwing out all good ideas. But I think a better idea, yes. a more interesting idea than having people stand in our alleyway for an hour for a phone call they can't hear yeah. through the window yeah. might be that you and I yes. have a battle yes. of wits, a battle of... With the shits. <laughs> yeah. A battle of AKAs. Your AKAs versus my AKAs. All of your nicknames that you've come up with over the past five to ten years. Yes. Versus mine. Okay. Top 20? Top 30? Top 400? How are we doing this? It's not top... I mean, I guess we could do top 400. Okay. <laughs> for a very captive audience. That's right. Captive like in the yeah, in, in the alleyway. alleyway yeah. For an hour and a half. So um so this is going down. This is happening. We've agreed to it. Yeah. We have not shaken hands because you know, COVID. Yeah. But that's happening on this Sunday. This Sunday. Do we have a time yet? Let's say five PM because that's when we do our Zoom calls. East Coast time? East Coast time. Eastern Standard Time? Eastern Standard Eastern Date Eastern Standard Time. New York time? New York time. Okay. <laughs> five o'clock PM. Alert the New York Times. In in uh in our zoom uh-huh you can get the information by signing up at patreon.com slash it's the real yeah we're only doing it for people who sign up for patreon okay so anybody who contributes to this thing of ours yeah ours mm-hmm. the greater hours the greater hours will be able to be a part of this thing yeah. on sunday at five o'clock eastern standard time i don't know where we are in terms of daylight savings right now hmm Whatever five o'clock is in this, you know, where we are right now. Five o'clock to you? That we're not debating the definition of five o'clock. It, 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 <laughs> Does time matter? No. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever this is, that's what we're doing. Okay. See you on Sunday. Jeff was on the podcast today. On the podcast today is Mozzie. Mozzie. The West Coast legend. Beyond Bulletproof is the album. Look out for his new music now. Shout out to Too Short. Shout out to everybody on the West Coast, the Bay Area, all up and down the coast. Man, uh, first time talking to him, a lot of energy. So much energy. Sounds so much like a typical guy from the Bay. All the language, all the energy, all the attitude. Just great dude. Really happy to talk on the phone with him. And hopefully uh, we can link up with him in person Mm -hmm. on the other side of this. Uh, Jeremy Corellis is on the podcast. Okay. So Jeremy Corellis, Los Angeles... West, West Coast. Coast legend? West Coast legend. Okay, Although yeah. he's from Boston. Yeah. And we talk about Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. We talk about Big Poppy. Yep. We talk about Home Depot. All the things that you would want to talk to a Boston <laughs> slash Los Angeles legend about. Was it Home Depot or was it Lowe's? 
I don't know. Either way, yeah. Jeremy is very, very, very into woodworking, maybe metalworking. It's interesting that the, the first two people we talked to had terrible things happen to them today. <laughs> yeah, well, which you can find out in the beginning of each of those phone calls. And uh, then we had, yeah, we had Maxo Cream on the podcast, who only did terrible things to uh, anybody who came across him in Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Very <laughs> it different. Makes, it makes for such an interesting conversation. Uh, Maxo is one of a kind. Go back and listen to his full episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. A dynamic personality, a fantastic artist. It is always a pleasure to link up with Maxo. Shout out to Ezra. Shout out to the whole team. Rock Nation, everybody over there. Yep. But Jeff, first, we're going to get on the phone with Mozzie. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Pew, 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 pew. That's a weird ringtone. <laughs> pew. E money. Muzzy. What up? <laughs> Man, what that shit do, gang? Muzzy, <laughs> how is your day going so far? Uh, Platinum. Platinum. You know, <laughs> this is the Platinum edition. Every time, every time I wake up with a million in my account, man, I can't complain. No, why would you? Yo, but shit. your car just got fucked up. Fuck my whole life up, brother. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What what exactly happened with the car? I missed out on all this. Uh, the car, I just, uh, I was on my way to come over here so I could do the interview for y'all. And uh, I was rolling up some weed. I got on the freeway, rolled up some weed. And as I was exiting, I mean, getting on the freeway, uh, the curb, I hit the curb. And oh. it just scratched, it scratched the four Giottos. And oh. you know, when you scratch the autos, it's, ah. <laughs> <laughs> But it, I, I didn't only scratch it, I dented it and everything. So, you know, it's it, it, that's a little minor headache. Fuck. Wait, are you doing this, like, interview on the side of the road at this moment? Nah, I'm at the studio. Oh, I'm okay. to my destination. There you go. Wait, were you the only car on the road? Nah, it was hella cars on the road, but it just it was just a little scrape. It wasn't I didn't I didn't go flat or nothing. I just scraped it. And, you know, it's they, they uh, what you call them, Davo, when the lips stick out. Oh, they deep dishes. Yeah. They deep dishes. Like so the you pizza, know yeah. Yeah, so it... Uh, I usually just call it a camel toe. <laughs> a camel toe, man. Come on. <laughs> Scrape the fuck out of it. God right, so, damn. You know, I got Fargo, and, the, and the, the crazy part is I just got it fixed. It costs about like 1500 for them to sweep through and fix it, uh, fix all the little scratch and dings in it. And, uh, and here you go again. Fun. Yeah, here I go again. And it probably cost me a little more because I did a little more. It's a little more severe. But uh, I'm here. What was it like when you took your driver's test the first time? Did you pass? Uh, not the first time. I didn't pass the first time. I think on the first, on the written, I failed two times. And then on the actual driving test, I failed two times. My grandmother took me both times. I was hella motivated because um, she was going to buy me this little brown truck. And, um, and then you failed I, twice. <laughs> I failed twice. And I was trying to get it at like 16 and a half. I think I didn't get it till. I was probably, I turned 17. Does that mean that you had to rely on like one certain friend to like sort of drive you around, be your chauffeur for like a, you know, a year or two? Oh yeah, for sure. I was, I was 16 and shit. So I was a kid and, uh, we was already buying cars. Little did she know I already had a car tucked off <laughs> and I bought for like three, 400. It was a little Subaru, but, um, you know, and we were still in cars at that time too. So, you know, we was getting around, but. 16, 17, I think you're still eligible to ride a bike without looking like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's that sound system sounding like in that Subaru at 16? Oh, that motherfucker barely works. You, know, 
You know, we had the tape player. You had to put the tape player in there. You remember the little auxiliary with the tape? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so I had to put the tape player in there, so it was spunky, but I enjoyed <laughs> it. What were you listening to back then? Back then, I was on Messy Marv. Mm. Mess, Messy Marv, I fuck with a lot of Jacka. Mm -hmm. uh, Rest in peace. Mac, yeah, Mac Dre. Mm, and then outside of that, outside of him sending me to uh, yeah, area, you know, I was just, I was on the trenches. I was on my niggas, my, my, my peers. We was rapping it. So I became fans of my peers and some of the older homies in the hood, like Perkzilla Snubs, Lil Nick, you know what I'm saying, me, Stacks. It was just, you know, people who I, I seen every day and that I knew that actually live everything they was hollering. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, flash forward like 20 years or so, like, how did the Too Short collab come about? Too Short, Big Dog. Yeah. Man, that's, that's. That's the fella. I function with short and heavy. I love his uh consistency, man. He been at this shit for a minute and he's still at it. So, you know, I'm purely motivated by um just his marathon and this shit. But uh we we me and I think me and T.O., me and young T.O. put a track together and um, you know, my management, he was like, I hear short on this motherfucker. I'm like, tap in with brother, brother, man, see if we can get him on there. And uh he you know, he blessed it. And uh, I think that nigga had the best verse on that motherfucker, if you ask me. Yo, you know, we've seen your name for the last, like, four or five years really out there, right? But when you <laughs> yeah. were, but when you were like, coming up, how quickly did you sort of assimilate to the, the Bay Area sort of, uh, you know, uh, rap community? Like, were, were there people who were, um, like, excited that you were coming up? Or were there people who were sort of, like, apprehensive? I think it was they was excited. The whole yeah area opened up. They opened up with it was it was love. It was like open arms. It was like they received me with with just so much genuine love, man. All of them, even the ones that I don't fuck with to to this day, man. They uh even the ones that I don't fuck with today, they uh they was functioning with a nigga heavy, man. Mm. It was purified love, and uh ain't no way ain't no way I could smut that. Mm, I mean, yeah. you know before. Before prior to prior to me really cracking cracking open that market, um, I was in I was in San Quentin, so I was in there with a lot of yeah area niggas, and just from you know what I'm saying the, the 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 admiration I was getting in there and the love and the notoriety, it was like oh it was it was crazy because these is people these people from you know what I'm saying an hour two three hours away from me and they fucking with me mm. and so uh, you know I was just I'm just it's gratitude, a lot of gratitude, just thankful, grateful. We're very close with uh, with the locks. They always told us that they're big fans of you as well. So, like, tell me how that relationship started. Man, straight up off the dribble, you know, I, I get high, high, high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my shit. I remember that vividly as a kid, and then, you know, Kiss. I remember that Wide with Anthony Hamilton, one of my favorite songs outside of the gangsta shit. But, um... You know that whole culture, even even the DMX nigga, the whole culture. But um, with with I think uh, I like him with Jada Kiss to Trade the Truth. You know, mm. Big Brother Trade the Truth. Yeah, he always be he, anytime he can throw me an alley oop, he make sure he live that motherfucker. And then um, you know Styles P. I don't I don't, I don't remember exactly how we liked him, but it it was love, man. You know I I still look up to them niggas to this day. It don't it don't matter. I don't give a fuck how big I get, how successful I am. It's you know I'm 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 connected to I'm connected to my childhood my roots man and them niggas played a big part. Yeah, I mean like they're just like real dudes, and so like I think that like 
real real recognize real obviously and so like you know it is only natural that they would uh that you guys would all connect for sure most definitely shout out to them Yo, Mozzie, right now is a, is a time in the world where there's a lot of people who are reconnecting. You know, people have found that through Zoom or FaceTimes, they can have that human connection, even though people are staying mostly at home. Have you gotten any phone calls or FaceTimes or, you know, correspondence from people who you definitely did not anticipate hearing from? Nah, not yet. Not yet. I mean, besides us. <laughs> I was waiting on y'all call. <laughs> nah, um, nah, I ain't got no, I ain't got no, no significant call from, you know what I'm saying, I mean, I ain't not yet, man, uh, everybody who I've, I've been talking to is the same people I usually talk to, my circle's smaller than a dot, and, uh, I like to keep it that way, man, I'm, I'm really, plus, I'm, I'm, I'm really weird with the phones, I don't answer my phone, If I don't know the number, I don't answer that motherfucker. I'd be scared. I'm superstitious about it. I turn that motherfucker off when I walk in the house, man. I'm just real weird with the phone. So uh, even if somebody did try to call, they probably wouldn't have got through. Well, what's the best form of communication? If people want to do business with you, how can they track you down? They got to call management. Mm. That's another That's another reason why I'm weird with my phone because I'm, I'm my heart is so golden. So if somebody called me and, you know, they want a verse or something, I don't know how to tell them what, what I charge. I don't know how to tell them I need 20000 15000 a verse. It, it it just don't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why I send them. I'm, I make sure that they go through management. That way they be able to negotiate. I'm not a good negotiator. I couldn't sell weed when I was a kid because I was plugging niggas too much. I mm. want everybody to be happy. I want niggas to feel blessed when they leave my presence. Mm. And uh, so you know, I'm 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 not I'm not too good at negotiation, and I will leave that up to the management squad. Yeah. Um. What? Uh. I know you said you're weird with your phone. What apps are on your phone? Do you have any? I got all type of apps on the phone. I <laughs> fuck with the phone, the actual phone. I fuck oh, with. as far as call, as far as talking to people and you know, what I'm saying me texting back. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sloppy with it, man. I, I really don't, you know. I, I probably won't get back to you, but when I see you, it's love. It's love in the purest form. Every time I see, or when I do answer, it's love in the purest form, man. You feel me? And um, I, I just like to keep it that way. Given that, but, uh. Given that, given that the uh, the world is so just sort of fucked up, fucked up right now, um, what's the biggest change that this has brought to your life in the last like forty days? I ain't seen no cash. Mm. I ain't seen no cash money. Yeah, you know I'm used to uh, I'm used to getting a lot of verses where niggas pull up with a bankroll. I've been seeing a little bit, but I ain't seen I ain't seen like I be seeing it uh, shows. When niggas make that deposit for them shows, I ain't talking about my account. My account still going brazy. Chase account, nigga, uh, Well Fargo's. Yep. All them niggas, they, they going brazy. But I'm talking about that cat just bringing in that, that cold cash, man, them 20s and let my daughter's thumb through it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it kind of it kind of shriveled up on me. I have this, like, idea that you're home, and instead of, like, doing Zoom teaching, you're just teaching your daughters, like, how to count from actual cash. Yeah, I just give them the money. I let them. I let her thumb through the money, man. I try to, you know, I try to make it realistic for them, cause uh, you know, that's that's is. I'm raising young bosses, and yeah. so she she eventually, as she gonna have to thumb through the money. We also we do the extra curriculum too. You know, we get on that. Uh, what we got? I forget what it's called. What is it called? It's not Zoom. It's uh, damn, I forget what her program called. Alexia. We get on that Alexia, you know what I'm saying? It's on the iPad, little programs for the kids. 
that um, all the schools recommend. But we get on Alexia and we go brazy. You know, I let her knock out a a, a, a good amount of uh, lessons or whatever the case. But I also like to make up my own shit just as as just so I can feel like I'm I'm actually hands on. It, it's dope. not just with society teaching her. It's not just with her teacher teaching her. I want to give her some actual game that she gonna be able to be like, nigga, my dad taught me this for sure. That's fire. Well, what was your like favorite thing to learn when you were growing up? My grandmother, she was strict on me. She used to tweak. And uh I think my favorite thing was was words. She she bought me an encyclopedia. I don't know how to spell. I never went to spelling bee I don't know how to spell to this day. I don't give a fuck about spelling. <laughs> but one word I do know how to spell is E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A, encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. She gave me an encyclopedia when I was a kid, and I was fascinated with words off the dribble. She, um, she'll play, you know, speeches from Martin Luther King or speeches from, from Malcolm X on the, uh, on the VCR. And, um, you know, I was just fascinated with the way they, they, they captured crowds with their words, like how people, uh, 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 you know, just like idolize them off a of wordplay. And so, um, you know, that was my favorite thing growing up was just learning new words, new words, tweaking on words, learning how to put them together, learning how to tweak them and make them rhyme. And, you know what I'm saying, me just uh, making everything, just bringing everything in sync. Yeah, I mean, like, so... You know, I feel like the the history of Oakland is so rich and, and, um, you know, with with, uh, the Black Panthers and like there's a lot of um, stories that come out of Oakland. I don't know too much about Sacramento. What what is what is the black history of Sacramento? Sacramento. Uh, Well, you know, they got the the, the African-American Muslims. They got they got that that squad out there as far as them send me, you know, they but. It's gang culture. I ain't gonna lie. The Black History uh, is gang culture. It's um. I don't know too much about what we had to endure in Sacramento. I know it was early on. I was taught that it was a racist city, uh, probably or very strict, just based on it's the capital of California. And um, you know, I know they they laws as far as you know the way they they treat us with the gang enhancement and how they lock us in at eighteen on probation and and never let us go and. So it was that that's the way I seen it because I was heavily involved with the politics versus you know what I'm saying me the, the the history. I was just more involved with the actual politics. So I just whatever everything that I endured firsthand, I don't know too much about what we had to endure early on in Sacramento, but you know, I could just tell you about what I've actually endured and you know what I'm saying me that's that's so that's the perception I get from it is just being a strict city lightweight racist i don't really consider a racist until you go across until you go deep down south mm. and you see how they operate then you'll be like we really ain't racist but early on this is how i felt i just felt you know what i'm saying it was a racist city and um you know they they it, it wasn't too many chances or nor opportunities and i felt like it was it, it it wasn't as far as the music was concerned you had to go to the bay area to be a part of a music scene you had to go to la to be a part of a music scene i feel like the people who was before us you know what i'm saying they didn't they didn't put in enough groundwork in 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 giving back i feel like as far as putting others on not necessarily enough groundwork they did amazing job in the way they represent sacramento and i'm thankful for them but i just feel like they didn't put enough groundwork in giving back and giving others an opportunity as far as musically or artistically or etc 
What was it like the first time that you heard your music on the radio? Like, what did that feel like? And where were you? It felt like an M. It felt like an Emberly, a million. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it was damn near the same feeling. I ain't gonna lie. When I got that M, that was a totally different feeling. <laughs> uh, but nah, it was it was crazy, man. It was unbelievable. It's like, nigga, mama, we made it. Mm. It's that mama, we made it. It's like the dream is actually, it's, it's, it's crazy because you cultivate something for so long. And, um, you know, you just nourish it, nourish it, nourish it, nourish it. And you, you you see you see it active actually get the blossoming and it's cra- it's like damn this shit finally working like you know we prayed on it we prayed we prayed for this it's like we and now shit is just it's, it's, it's it was crazy I couldn't believe it I felt like I made it it was like signing a deal or something when you say we when you're like yo we made it and this is you know for for the 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 royal we who are you talking about oh Park. I'm talking about Oak Park. Mm. It's a dream we all shared. I got people doing life right now, 40 years and elbows and things. And, uh, you know, this is the dream that we share together coming up. My peers, um, the homies that's a little older than me. You know what I'm saying? Me, we, 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 this, we was dedicated to this. The same way we was dedicated to banging, we was dedicated to this. We was dedicated to getting up out the trenches and being able to double back and drive what we want to drive and live how we want to live and put put niggas on so they can go put they niggas on and you know what I'm saying it was just 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 making it all worth it I mean we we lost so many troops in the field you know what I'm saying so many people doing time behind this culture that we live in and um you know I just feel like it was all for nothing if 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 nobody was 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 here to tell the story man mm, it yeah. was all for nothing it was you know what I'm saying I feel like we, it was just in vain well, I mean, like, who was the first person that when you were growing up, you were like, that person has has made it? Like, who's the first person you really looked up to like that? Um, first person I actually looked up to growing up, like, that nigga made it. My Uncle GP. Mm. I got a, I got an Uncle GP. He from, uh, he from Sacramento. He got out of the pen after doing 10 years. And uh, he went straight to work, and he put me on my, he put me on his album when I was fourteen. Mm. And Death Row was interested in signing them, and they sent him a Death Row pendant. And uh, you know this is you know, and not we. My whole family is 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 big on Death Row too, yeah. alone. And so you know that was big. Um, and you know uh, he just against the against the getting out the pen, and I'm watching him come home, start from nothing, starting a little bucket. And to flip an expedition and put it on dubs mm. and drop a new CD and put me on there. I was running around school with a CD and a plastic wrap cover to have a hard copy CD plastic wrap at 13, 14 was big. I was in middle school passing that motherfucker around telling niggas to listen to number 14, nigga, the last verse. <laughs> I'm on there going crazy. So uh, that was the first person that I felt like made it. Um, you know, I seen him do shows. He was getting paid for him. He was getting verses with all the big dogs, such as the Yug Mouse, Messy Mars, yeah. the 64s. And, you know, it was just, it was crazy. The Mac Dre's, the Keep the Sneaks. Yep. So, yeah, G, GP the Beast, my uncle. That was, you know, that was one of my biggest inspirations. So, what does it mean to go from, from that kid in those high school hallways of 14 to now with, with Beyond Bulletproof? Who are you in 2020? 2020 oh <laughs> beyond I'm beyond sorry. just like a guy on the side of the road with a with a dented you know yeah, deep dish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 
so much I'm so much more than I was. It's crazy. I'm so much more than I was. I have so many so many so many responsibilities, man, that I'm dedicated to nowadays. Um, you know, I just dropped a song, it's called Boys to Men. Mm. And and that's 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 the best way to explain it, man. Boys to men, you know what? It's crazy. My thinking was crazy back in the days. I I risked my life for so little. Um, mm. I sacrificed so much for so little, and um, that's just the thinking of a boy. That's the thinking of a boy. Now that I'm a man, I understand that. You know, I gotta be here for my girly face gang for these little girls. I gotta be present, mm-hmm. and if I'm not present physically, you know what I'm saying me. Do to whatever, whatever, however nature run its run its course. Um, I gotta make sure I prepare for them for their future. You know, fu- futuristically, I gotta prepare for them and make sure they platinum or you know they got it a little. I I, I gotta make sure I provide that cushion. You know, what I'm saying something for them to fall back on if it if it gets spunky or you know that 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 good game. I gotta put that out there, man, for them. So. You know, if if I'm not present, they could tweak on that. But like I said, man, it's just boys to men. I gotta be here for my family. I gotta make sure I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm I'm one of the the biggest soul providers right now. And you know what I'm saying I gotta make sure they platinum. And um, you know, I just got so much more to accomplish, man. And I just feel like you know the risk ain't worth the reward. Um, as far as my prior activities and and the way I was living. And so that's what that's what you got nowadays, man. You got I, I was telling somebody I came in the game on straight bullshit, rah rah, blah da da, nigga, headshot, neck shot, and now you got beyond bulletproof. Mm. To love one unconditionally is bulletproof. And so uh, you know, it's just a lot of growth, man. It's a lot of growth and I'm actually excited about the man I become. Well, that is the best. So yeah. shout out to you, Mozzie. Uh, we're sending all our love out to you. Congratulations to you. And, uh, you know, hope that uh, we can see you when this whole thing is over. And we look forward to all the new music on the way. Uh, be well, take care, and uh, and hope that that, that that deep dish gets worked out, you know? Nah, you know I'm going to get that deep dish worked out, man. Appreciate y'all like a motherfucker, G-O-D. You know I'm going to pull up on you, blow down on you immediately. There Yo, you go. You. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond Bulletproof. And now, Jeff, let's get on the phone with Jeremy Corellis. We should do ringbacks. I'm going to have to ask Jeremy what that is. <laughs> Jeremy! What up? What's going on, fellas? How are you? I it's been an interesting morning. Uh-oh. Already? Yeah. Already. Talk about it. Yeah, by the way, it's like 9 a.m. where you are. I know. So my head is bleeding. Uh, I, <laughs> I slammed my head into uh, the shower caddy this morning. On, on purpose? On purpose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. <laughs> Just for something new. You know? Just to feel again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so right now I'm... Uh, <laughs> I look like 03 Dipset with the towel <laughs> under my hat. Is it possible to not go into work today? I mean, I don't go in anywhere. <laughs> uh, just to give people an idea of where you are, uh, and if you recognize that accent, yes, folks, he is from Boston, but he lives in East Los Angeles. East Los Angeles, um, my second home. What's it like out there right now? Bloody. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a little, yeah, the blood is flowing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy in LA, man. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to drive though. There's no traffic, anything like that. So that's gotta be so strange. Yeah. I mean, I don't go anywhere, but I just <laughs> drive around aimlessly. I saw on your Instagram that you like went to like Joshua tree or something. So like, was that an actual trip or am I just like making that up? No. So I drove through, basically you can go through the mountains to Palmdale. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not quite Joshua Tree. It's where Afro Man lives, but um, <laughs> but but uh, through like the Pasadena Mountains or whatever, and then you end up in Palmdale, and then like I just drove back. So I didn't. It wasn't like a trip. You weren't on a mission to go find Afro Man. Yeah. Wait. How did you find out that Afro Man lives there? Is it on their Wikipedia page? <laughs> well, first of all, for real Afro Man fans, yeah, we know there's a song <laughs> called. Huh, there's a song called Palmdale uh, that he had, and that's the first time I ever heard of it, actually, to be honest. Very cool. You know, Jeremy, yeah. this is going great. Your head is bleeding, <laughs> and you're here talking about Afro Man and where he lives. If you get out, you know, once a week, where are you headed? Man, um, that's a good question. I've been going to Ace Hardware. For, for Band-Aids? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, just seeing what kind of projects I can get myself into on the weekends. Whoa. Well, are you like a handy individual? I'm not. I'm trying to be, but so that kind of ties into me slamming my head into the shower caddy because I installed these uh, like really strong shower caddies. <laughs> are they made out of wood? No, they're metal, but like they don't fall off like no matter the, you know, uh, when you slammed your head into it, were you testing that it wouldn't fall off? Uh, let's just go with that. Sure. <laughs> okay. You go to Ace Hardware. You're looking for a, a, a new project to work on. Are we talking like woodworking? Like you're actually going to do like metal work? What kind of uh... – Mostly stuff around the house, I'd say. Like, you know, getting a drill. I got a new hose to, you know, clean off the, the front um... – you know, stairwell to, you know, all that type of stuff. Just, just, you know, cleaning. I love this. Yeah. I love this, this new side of Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you, Here's are the you, thing, man, they don't think Jews can do this type of stuff. I, so and I'm you are about here. to prove them wrong or They're right. I mean, you just on. slammed your head into a thing. Wait, <laughs> are you, are you looking at like YouTube for inspiration? Man. I mean, listen, I'm a beginner guys. Like I'm starting small. I'm not, I'm not out here. Like I'm going to build a, like, <laughs> you know, car or Jeremy, not even if you could pimp your ride in one way, what would you do? It has to be the car I have now. <laughs> yes, it does. It does have to be the car you had. Those, Those are, the rules. are the rules. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I got my windows tinted, but I want them like dark. I want 5%. <laughs> but the, I got to say the stock sound system in a 2012 Honda Civic is not the worst thing. Wait, wow. okay, but I'm talking about, like, if you had to, like, because they would always, um, like, put something in your trunk that you just don't need. Yeah, like a fish tank. Oh, yeah. you're talking about, oh, you're talking about West Coast Customs. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm talking about, like, they would put, like, a toaster in there and be like, hey, like, now you can make bread. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. I think yeah, so, too. I like that. Uh, I'd probably, I'd, maybe a coffee machine. Mm. Uh, you know, I... Everything else would just be like, I'm not trying to drive with that in my car. You know? 
<laughs> yeah, you would want like, you know, 16 TVs. Yeah. You would want um, a paint job outside that's sort of like, you know, somewhat. I mean, looks... I, I mean, they did candy paint. I want candy paint. For yeah, sure. yeah. But like candy paint mixed with like Big Poppy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure. oh yeah, you're from Boston. Let's like really Boston your car up. Yeah. So you get the <laughs> junk. That's like some shit they would do. I'd be so mad if they did that. They're like, let's Boston your car out. I mean, and come on, put man. like three Dunkin' Donuts employees in your car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I had the if I had the Dunkin' colors. Ooh. That'd be fire though. Can't just and Dunkin just for the colors. record, did we or did we not with our friend Justin Fleischer talk about the Dunkin' Donuts like sweatsuits that they were selling on the Dunkin' website? Yeah, I gotta say, and I hope they hear this. Y'all gotta tap in with me before you put that out because they sell out like crazy. Yo. <laughs> and they're and they're fire. I don't care if you like Dunkies or not, they're fire. A lot of people know you, Jeremy, for your ear. I think a lot of people respect you for uh, the artists that you have helped put on through the last decade. Um, when you think about growing up in Boston and you think of the Boston scene, uh, how different is it now? And uh, what do you want to say about the effect that Purple had in Boston over the last uh, decade or so? Oh, I'm loving it. I think that there's so much talent in Boston now. Um, I think it was always there. I just don't think that people thought uh, they could do anything in that city because there's a stigma of it has to be boom bap it has to be throwback 90s it has to be all these things and i think you know around 2012 2013 things started to turn around and people felt more comfortable you know making the art that they wanted to make and um you know somebody asked me the other day who my favorite artists are in boston and i just couldn't shut up like there's so many that you know it's it's uh it's great to see and i think that people are feeling more comfortable as themselves and um, putting their their art out there. Do you have a a certain need to uh, to make sure that 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 Boston run continues like wherever you go? Do you suggest, you know, Boston artists to uh, people who will listen? Yeah, I'm damn near about to get fired for, <laughs> for you know too many too many artists. Like I, I've stopped saying where the artists are from if they're if they are from Boston, just because I want them to take me seriously. You know what I mean? Wow. So, but yeah, I, I always throw it, throw Boston in the mix. It's super important to me. I think that um you know I'm always gonna I'm always gonna ride for them. You know I'm always gonna ride for Boston. I'm trying to uh, bring back what I can and whether it's like panels, whether it's like just, you know, always leaving my DMs open for people and, and all that type of stuff. Well, does that actually work? Because, listen, we get a lot of DMs as well. But we also don't have any real purpose for people DMing us like their music. Never, never. Like, we can't put you on. We can't do anything. I do think the funny thing that, that comes with those DMs is the lack of um, directness you know, in, in, in certain respects. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like, hey, Eric and Jeff, I appreciate you for this. This is what I am looking to get done. No, it's, I made music, here it is, listen <laughs> to it now, drop everything. So, so Jeremy, yeah. is there is there a good end game to it? And do you find value in people DMing you? There's a lot to sift through, for sure. I, there's definitely a lot of just links. And like, to me, you know, I'm, I, I don't, that's not my thing. I don't like just getting a link with no context or anything like that. I, you know, so I kind of ignore those and whatever, but like, if somebody's like, Hey Jeremy, like, and they start off like a, you know, in a nice, you know, just 
respectful way, I'm gonna I'm gonna hear him out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've definitely, you know, come across some some good stuff and from people I've never heard of, from people I, you know, that have they're like interested in getting in the industry and don't know really how to um, within that city or whatever. Uh, and I'm always down to, you know, to to lend an ear and to to give advice if I can. I mean, shit, y'all did that for me. Yeah, I mean, well, yes. Talk about that, Jeremy. That that's why we brought you on the podcast to talk about me and everything I've done for you. Right. <laughs> Jeremy DM Jeff and said, "Hey, listen to my music." And yep. Jeff said, and then I, said <laughs> "I said, I will drop no. everything." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. But um, um, but Jeremy, when what was the first concert you went to in in Boston? Uh, like in terms of like rap rap shows and stuff like that, knew, knowing like I was, you know, this was it. No, like what was the first concert you went to? Yeah, I feel like this is going to be an embarrassing answer in Boston. If it's oh, like new concert it, ever, new kids oh. on the block, new kids on the block, new kids <laughs> yeah. on the block, nah, I'm not, hometown I'm not show. No, I'm not that old. Man. <laughs> uh, probably like I think Third Eye Blind at the Orpheum. Wow, or sick. Or Shakira at uh at the Garden. Wow. Yeah. Wait, Those okay. Those my first. My Wait, who first did you go to the Shakira concert with? Like my family. Yes. My sister and, you know. Yes. When you saw her at the Super Bowl this year, were you like, yo, I was there at the early end? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I discovered her at the, at the garden. <laughs> she DM'd me, yeah. Yeah. She actually, actually had some weird visuals, too. She had like uh, Saddam Hussein playing chess with George Bush and stuff. And, oh, like, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, okay. And her third so eye was very <laughs> not blind. <laughs> third eye, yeah, third eye, not blind for sure. Jeremy, when you moved to LA, did you know what to expect? Jeremy stepped off the bus and he <laughs> said, "This city has it's opened mine. itself up to me." That's right. Yeah. I said, "On oh, dogs, where's the nearest donkey?" <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think. I think I didn't know I didn't know what to expect. I think a lot of people, especially back home, were like, you know, you're going to hate it. Like, everyone's fake, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, L.A. has that stigma of, like, Hollywood and, you know, um, you know, fake it till you make it, whatever. And you can find that for sure. But, like, I think the biggest, you know, revelation uh, that, that came rather quickly was that it's just like every other city. Like, you can find that. You can find good pockets of good people you can find um like anybody in the world you know there's a million transplants out here too and this is this and like la natives are dope like there's so many there's so much culture out here and it's just like you can find whatever you know just like just like any city man and and who are some of the most important people that you found in los angeles man you can man other boston people come on (laughs) (laughs) no no no. No, i mean i think that like uh um aisha white uh when i started working for aisha white i think that really helped me um learn a lot about different movers and shakers or whatever in the city and just like um you know getting my hands dirty with all all the music stuff out here she's Mm -hmm. you know an la native and um has been doing you know pr stuff for a long time um so i think that that was definitely like a huge plus meeting her early on being in la during a a pandemic does boston feel super far i mean like do you have a, a a regular like zoom call with your family like how do you keep in touch yeah i think that um it's actually funny i think that that all of this has brought like people back into my life um 
I've been talking to some high school friends and stuff like that that I haven't talked to in like, you know, four or five years. But because everybody's at home, everyone's on Zoom or whatever, you know, I feel like that's kind of just, hey, you guys want to you know chop it up? Like, see, you know, like even childhood friends, people that I haven't seen in, in like 10 years, you know, 10, 15 years. Like it's it's definitely been interesting that it's it's brought people closer together because because everyone's kind of freaking out you know everyone's freaking out together it's something that everyone is like has in common right now you yeah know? <laughs> so. um i am just doing the the math real quick mm-hmm. um no i know i said 10 years jeremy is is 23 years old <laughs> well he saw shakira back in 1996 <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> um jeremy how is the how is the the work day changed for you now that you don't have an office to go into uh how do you keep up with your coworkers? how do you listen to new music or make sure that your projects are going to be like up to par and and how do you can you know continue to put out work um i think that for the most part i mean the biggest thing that's changed other than like seeing people in real life is uh you know i'm not in the studio or anything like that so um i can't hear anything at the the level i want to hear but you know i always go uh if there's something that i need to hear for quality or whatever I'll just run out to my car and kind of sit in my car and just listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're, we're constantly, you know, talking all day and we're on zoom a couple of times a week and making sure that everyone's rollout is, um, is, you know, up to par with, with what we can do. And, and even just coming up with new ideas during, uh, during a pandemic, like how, how do we, you know, continue to, to push music in a meaningful way without, um, you know, all these things that we're missing, like live shows and, and in-person press and stuff like that. Uh, Jeremy, you're online a lot, like we are online a lot. Uh, I feel like like everybody is online a lot right now. Who are the best and most underrated follows uh, on Twitter right now? Oh, man. Um, uh, Tosh. Uh, Patwari. Tosh. Patwari oh, is probably not either. not Daniel Tosh. Not, no, no, not not. Uh, we're talking Tosh 3.0. 3.0. <laughs> yeah, we're talking 3.0. Um, I think Tosh is a great follow. Uh, if you read Tosh's stuff too, and then you watch uh, these Samaro, just go ahead and do that because like this is there's definitely some uh, some influence. Some well, he yeah, also works there. for them, no? I know now he does, and now I'm like, oh, this makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, uh, it's the real. Oh, the real sense stop. Of solid content. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeremy, you're already on the show. You that's don't have the, to do this to get. That's the, that's the that, that's the concussion talking. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the Jordan documentary. You know, you grew up in Boston. We grew up in New York. We were not Jordan fans. I can't imagine that you were either. What is it like to watch Jordan, like? in in modern context like is it is it a strange thing to to sort of respect a guy that you used to hate um no i think that i mean jordan i think is the is is incredible i mean obviously he's incredible but i i actually i've really been enjoying it um i don't hate him as much as i hate some other people in, in name them uh, <laughs> name every single one of them <laughs> But like when like when I was growing up, Jordan was kind of done, you know. Uh, Again, so, you're 23 years old, so of course, yeah. <laughs> no, but my I mean my big thing was uh, 
my big thing was still was Lakers, you know. My big thing was Lakers Celtics. So it was like And then you uh, go and live in Los Angeles. Yeah, but that's Jeremy's like a mole. <laughs> no, I mean it's really like it's you, people you people are like, "Hey, like, you know, you probably shouldn't wear that Red Sox hat here." And I'm like, "Yeah, right." Like, <laughs> what are you talking about. <laughs> but uh but um no, I I I it's been a great um documentary especially for uh you know while everyone's locked down or whatever yeah um i was saying yesterday though like i was like damn like listen to jordan talk about bird like that and like yeah. that, you know it has nothing to do with anything but i was just like yeah he he wanted to be in that category with bird and like to hear him say that i was like oh yeah all right cool, <laughs> yeah. yeah um bird as 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 we go into this new world of virtual concerts, how thankful are you that you're not promoting shows like you did about ten years ago? Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah, I am very thankful for that. It's it sucks because I mean, who doesn't want to go to shows and who doesn't want to go to? Actually, it's funny when you asked me my first show, my first rap show in Boston um, was Styles P. Actually, wow, and it was. Uh, he didn't come on till like two in the morning. There's like a hundred people on stage. It was wild. It was great. That's everything you wild. want, you know? Exactly. Wait, was so, it the like, same yeah. thing with Third Eye Blind? <laughs> yeah, Third Eye Blind, same thing. Like, <laughs> people on stage, you know, girls running around, you know, scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all that. And but, Jeremy um, went with his family. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And I was there with my whole family. They waited till 2 a.m. <laughs> anything else jeremy hey man i just um i appreciate you guys oh I, what i wanted to say was um you know i think that this that what you guys are doing is an incredible thing um everybody needs to you know needs new content i think content is is going to be key during this time uh not just for consumers but but i would imagine for y'all i think this is probably you know um healthy for y'all too yeah. Uh, it, it's very necessary for us. I would argue against it being healthy. This is sort of like <laughs> knocking our heads <laughs> against the shower the, caddy. Into the shower caddy <laughs> yeah. on our end. Jeremy, we love you. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon, all right? I love you guys. Appreciate it. And now, Jeff, let's get on the phone with Houston's own Maxo Cream. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Yo, Maxo, what up? What's the word? What's happening? How are you hanging in? I'm cool in court. I'm trying to quarantine, playing Grand Theft Auto, eating Doritos. You <laughs> Listen, when you were up here uh, for your full "A Waste of Time" with "It's the Real" interview, you talked about your shoe collection and how extensive it is, and how hard it is, and how like how many shoes you have in your crib. So that begs the question: If you're in quarantine for this long a period of time, are you switching up your shoes every single day? I'm not even rocking shoes. I'm rocking these little um, these little flip flops around the house. That's it. Yeah, I'm trying to keep everything dead stock because I just tried to um wear some of my shoes from back in high school and they crumbled on me. Oh, <laughs> five red files. Damn. Like, I was looking like Calvin Cambridge in all my Wait, you were wearing them from like you know the couch to the fucking kitchen? Nah, I tried to go play. So look, um, did not work out on the basketball court. <laughs> Like, 
like in Fieldwood, um, Houston, that's still open because all the basketball courts closed. Yeah. So we had to hop the fence, do all that shit. Damn. Ran like one game of 21. In the middle of 21, whole shoe come apart. Oh, <laughs> you were like Zion. Is a regular day for you right now even regular anymore? Like, how has life changed over the last month? Um, I wake up, smoke a blunt, kick my bitch out, play the game, eat some food, go to the studio, smoke again, go to fucking sleep. Is there anybody at the studio, like, with you, or are you just, like, going solo? Like, how how is your recording process like? I still move with, like, my little brother. My manager might pull up, but I got studio in my crib, too. Mm. Do you trust an engineer to come in, or are you handling all that yourself? Yes, I trust the engineer to come in as long as I light saw him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he get the hand sanitizer. So have you gone to like, you know, the store and bought out all the sanitizer you can and all the gloves and all the protective things that you need? I'm not going to hold you. I still got like, so when I moved into the crib, like in December, I bought a big ass thing of hand sanitizer and I still got it. Same one. I just hit it. I just keep it inside my room. So I got a big ass thing of hand sanitizer and then shit. I make sure like my assistant bleached the whole house. Were you, like, a germaphobe before all of this? Like, were you, like, mentally prepared for being afraid all the time of germs? Hell no. I was not. I wasn't no nasty-ass nigga. <laughs> at the same time, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't just, like, like super-duper, you know what I'm saying, COD. That wasn't me. I mean, the thing is, there's, like, a whole spectrum, right? Because, like... You know, there are people, obviously, everybody washes their hands. Well, right. Maybe not everybody, but everybody should <laughs> wash their hands. Right. But, like, there are also people who wipe down everything. There's people who get on the, well, who got on the planes bef- before any of this happened, and they brought all the, the Lysol, and they brought, like, sprays, and they bought gloves to wear on the airplane. That was yeah. not you. That wasn't yeah, me. crazy. If you're not, you know, throwing on a new pair of shoes every day just to walk around your house, are you even getting dressed up, or are you just keeping it all sweats? All Nike tech suits, all Warren Lotus tech, like, you know what I'm saying, the like top and bottom units. Like, I'm mad cozy, but, like, even, like, you know what I'm saying, I know all my grand, you might see me in mirror jeans, Balenciaga, you know what I'm saying, when I pop out, I'm a Nike tech suit type nigga. Like, I'm, like, I probably got 20 Nike tech suits, so I just rotate those. Are they all, all different day. colors, or is it just, like, black every single all day? All different colors. Well, shit, I got, like, some all gray, all black, and I got, like, a black and gray, I got a black and white. And I got like a purple, then I got the red, and I got the red and black, and I got the black and blue. <laughs> I got hella stuff. Are you looking Nobody at them right Nike now? Tech. Look, listen, listen. My Nike tech suit collection is crazy. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yo, I can listen to you talk about your Nike tech suits this entire time. You sound like a Nike salesman. Yeah. Man, Nike need to go ahead. You know, I did something with Nike, though. Me, Nike, and Foot Locker dropped the um, Air Max 95 in Houston. Yeah. We did that. But, man, they need to tap in and, you know. Go ahead, come on with it. What is it like in Houston right now? Are people, like, taking this seriously? Are they staying? Like, obviously you were talking about, like, the courts being closed, but are people staying indoors? Are they still moving? Man, it appears. In my hood, niggas moving around. Niggas ain't listening to that shit, bro. That's but fucked then, up. like, in my neighborhood, like, cause I stay in the suburbs myself, but, like, in the hood I'm from, niggas ain't listening to that shit. Niggas. Niggas are still on the block in the hood. In the suburbs, you might see somebody walking their dog and doing a jog, but not too much. Yeah. I mean, not to get, like, too deep, but, like, I just want to know, like, the scope of it. How many people do you know who have gotten uh, coronavirus? 
Man, do not know anybody? For real? I mean, I know Slim Thugs. Yeah, I know right. Scarface. Yep. You know? Yeah, like here in New York, it's just like, we know like tons of people. A bunch of people, of people. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I don't lie, I think niggas out here got it, we just don't know. Yeah, like that's niggas not going to the doctor. Niggas like niggas so asymptomatic they don't give a fuck. That's the really scary part. But, people who are asymptomatic. But that's the worst. But look, that's the worst. That means you spray me, you have no concern. You don't give a fuck what's going on with other people. But the next person might not be asymptomatic. You feel me? Yo, so Maxo, uh, we got the distinct impression when you were here that you're a leader, right? You know how to like, you know, take charge, and you know when to say something is not right. If people in your like circles are outside and they're not you know sort of abiding by like common sense are you gonna like pull them aside and just be like yo like get inside and like stop fucking up yeah but i'm not gonna pull them aside i might send them a text like hey you dumbass nigga you're gonna die from corona if you don't go in the fucking house stupid like what the fuck while you've been inside have you been like killing time by watching movies or going through netflix wasting fucking time oh but now I've been doing a lot of recording, but everything I do is educational. Like, so um, it's these interviews. Like, so y'all know what Skid Row is, right? Yes. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Right, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's these interviews called Soft White Underbelly, and like they get the most like gruesome interviews. Like it be ex crackheads, ex terror addicts, ex gangbangers, but then like they be having shit like ex mob bosses. But I had to stop watching it because I was watching one, and one of them said ex-rapist. I'm like, oh fuck Jesus. no! Wait, you so know, I ain't what do you get you know, out I'm of those? What do you get out of that programming? Man, shit, you know what I'm saying. You know, I just lost my brother. Yeah. So, so you know what I'm saying, like, like, like really losing my brother made me realize, like, you know what I'm saying, like that's the worst pain on earth. So when other people lose, like, like usually, like, if like it's an opposite somebody I don't fuck with, I'm like, fuck you, you could die. But losing my brother got me looking like, nah, bro, death hurts so bad, you don't want that pain on nobody. So, so like, now whenever somebody died close to me, or, like, let's say, say I got a partner, right? His son just died. I feel his pain because I just lost my brother, so I try to be there for him and bring him up. And then, like, you know, so on the episode of the interviews, this one dude, they got, like, half his head blown off with a shotgun. Jesus. And then he talked about his whole story, and at the end of the story, he said, you know what I'm saying, he blessed to be alive, God is good. And this is a man that got half his head blown off, half his brain gone. He got to use the back of his brain. So it just let me realize that, you know what I'm saying, I'm blessed. No matter what I'm going through, to stay strong and stay blessed. So that's wow. why I get from those interviews. Plus, it's good topics for music. You know, I'm a storyteller. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. tell a lot of stories. You know what I'm saying? They paint a lot of pictures. So, you know what I'm saying? It's good exercise for my next tape coming up. Um, Max, so first of all, uh, rest in peace to your brother. I've been thinking about you this past uh, month. I hit up Ezra, but I, I was wondering, what is it like to grieve in quarantine? Like, you know, you're, you're around like your small team, but like, it's got to be a lot of alone time, right? And so like, how, how are you doing with all of that? Um, shit, you know what I'm saying? It gave me a lot of time to think, but at the same, like, same time, it gave me a lot of time to, like, you know what I'm saying, realize the good that could come from this and what I can do with Flip, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it really gave, like, my time, I mean, like, my family time to grieve yeah. and not deal with the real world. You feel me? Yeah. So, like, everything had to stand still. Instead of, like, if everything was still going on, like, if I was on, a, like, touring Australia and got that news, that would have been fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
So at least I'm here to, like, you know what I'm saying, come from my mom. Shit like that. But yeah, this Corona shit, like, doing a funeral in Corona got to be like the worst shit on earth. Having, like, a Zoom conference for the a funeral, funeral is just, like, it's sad. It's 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 inhumane, you know? Um, Maxo, when you were up here in New York for your album release, uh, it was at the 4040 Club. We came through, and uh, a bunch of people were there. J. Cole was there, which is really cool. Uh, but your label fully came out and represented, and obviously, like, Jay Grand, who's the best, was there, and everyone was in full support. That's what a, a, a major label should do, right? We expect that that makes sense. When you have a family member pass, when you have, uh, you know, this pandemic that goes on, what is the involvement of RCA in your life these days? I mean, um, RCA is RCA, you know, they there, you know what I'm saying? They're there to come for me, but you know, Right Nation, you know what I'm saying? They stepped up. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Right Nation, shout out Hove. You know what I'm saying? They stepped up, but you know what I'm saying? They helped me out with my brother's funeral. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. That's a, that's above and beyond, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, but shit, it wasn't even really because, like, you know, it was Right Nation, but at the end of the day, it was really Hove. You know what I'm saying? Me and Hove got a good relationship. You know what I'm saying? So. Is there is there anything that you expect from management or the label during like this time right now? Do you need support from them, or are you just so like in your zone that you're just like I'm just gonna record, I'm just gonna prepare myself for when this is over, and then just like deliver shit? Hold on, give me one sec. Yeah. Hello, I'm on Grand Theft Auto. I had to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, of all the ways to get put on hold, this is the best. Oh, way. I, th- I, I absolutely yeah. agree. <laughs> Can you take us through like where you are in Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Where Where are you in Grand Theft Auto's world? Um, I'm online right now. I'm doing the um. I'm setting everything up for the casino heist. Oh. <laughs> and uh how many strippers have you killed um shit see so during the quarantine i had to start over because i moved from la back to houston yeah so so i lost a lot of shit but but like recently i ain't really been focused on my prostitutes on here oh. <laughs> i ain't been killing no bitches yeah i guess i guess i shouldn't say strippers they're really sex workers and uh we support them that's right yeah. yes yeah um <laughs> Maxo, uh, do you expect anything from the label or management right now, considering that you are recording and planning, and and do you have a plan moving forward? Do you need anyone to sort of co-sign that, or is it just like your mission right now, just to do you? Really, just to do me. I don't really depend on the label for shit, except for when the tape ready. Like, that's good. Like, Brandon Banks is my first album with a label. I got like six other tapes independent you feel me yep. so i know how to run the business i know like everything you feel me like not everything but i've been doing this shit for a while yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying so so i understand right now doing my process is nothing really for the label to do i get my own features i don't need them for shit yeah it's probably- <laughs> that's dope give me some beats give me some beats and when i take ready don't push back no dates we lit there you go um so you talked about moving from los angeles back home if you were to go through quarantine in Los Angeles, how do you think that would go? Probably be even more weed. 
Yeah, but you know how do you? I got a girlfriend now. So shit. Shout out she to her. Cool. But if I was in LA, I'd probably be single. So it'd be more strippers. There you go. Like more parties. I probably wouldn't even court you. I ain't gonna lie. Really? LA bring the dream out of me. Really? How did you? How did you come to like that conclusion? Man, I just turned up in LA. There's so much to fucking do. Like Houston, I'm from here, so I don't want to be local. You feel me? So I sit my ass in the house. I'm not from LA. I don't give a fuck. So I'm everywhere. <laughs> I thought we were talking oh, about Grand Theft Auto. I was just like, <laughs> I was nah, really I'm confused. About real life. Yeah, real yeah, life. yeah. LA brings the demons out, you know? Yeah, it's demon time. Are you still doing online shopping? Are you going on, like, any of the shoe websites, StockX or anything? Are you still ordering in kicks? Man, I ain't gonna look at no clothes, but I was thinking about today, going to um, Cops and Warren Lotus, probably some Amiri. You know what I'm saying? So selected pieces. As far as shoes, I'm not buying no shoes. As far as designer shoes or sneakers, unless it's, like, a drop I really need, like DMP 6s. Or like those your Jordan ones, you feel me? Shit like that. Like like I'm re- like this year I'm not gonna cop none unless it's real hype DC like like some real hype B shit. Yeah, and like I, once I, in a lifetime sort of thing. Um Maxo who nah, not even just like the off white like I just cop like the off white files. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? If Travis mm-hmm. drops them like Travis drops them yellow sixes, I'm copping them. You mm. feel me? <laughs> well he would probably send them to you now. He do. He do, but I but see, I still buy one. I have one to rock and one to stop. That's dope. Yeah. Who's somebody yeah, that's I'm like? I'm gonna support you. I ain't no broke ass nigga. <laughs> I ain't, I don't know how long times I times out traveling? I went on my SBs, nigga. <laughs> Listen, I I'm I'm broke. Nigga, <laughs> I FaceTimed this nigga Travis like two weeks ago. He, he even the same thing. I got you, bro. I got you. See your address, bro. I got you, bro. Anything you need? Well, I need my goddamn shoes, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's a pretty good Travis, by the way. Yeah, that was really good. When yeah. you uh, when you when you need something in a, in a pandemic, it's it's not paper towels and it's not toilet paper. No, it's Travis's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna follow the toilet paper as long as I got some Travis Scott's, I'm good. <laughs> um, that's all we can hope for. Did you see that uh, Clark Kent? You know, has been spending obviously all of his time at home, and he said he tweeted recently that he realized that he has way too many shoes, and he does not have any need for that. Have you come to the same conclusion walking around, you know, your home day in and day out, looking at all of these boxes of shoes? No, I walked around my shoe like I got some bullshit. I need to re up. <laughs> Where are my Travis Scotts? Like, yeah. bro, I okay, man. Like, like shit, I graduated class in two thousand eight. You feel me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like, Sneaker Collective for me was like, oh, I can't wait for the Bread 11s to come out. Like, like I remember trying to get the DMP package, and just for the 11s, it was $900. I was like, I would never spend that much on shoes. Now, <laughs> when shoes drop, if you're not spending 1500 that week, you're going to be spending fucking 3000 next month. And next year, five bands. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, this shit is crazy. And me, you know what I'm saying? I'm a super duper sneakerhead, plus I dress. With my shit. So I just gotta just be on top of all the shit I need. You know what I'm saying? So are you saying it's weird now to actually wear shoes? Yes, bro. All this, yes, bro. They fucked it up. They fucked it up. They fucked it up. Listen, Maxo, uh, we love you. Take care of yourself down there. Take care of all your family down there. Stay inside. Get your team to stay inside, too. And uh, and, and hopefully we see you on the other side of this, all right? 
Uh, just a bit. Shout out to Maxo Cream, shout out to Jeremy Corellis, and shout out to Mozzie. Jeff, are we back tomorrow? We are back every day forever. As always, guys. Now for real, for real. Sure, sure. See you guys tomorrow. Brrrat!